All right, everybody, welcome to this episode of Learning the Tropes. I am your host, Erin, and this week I am joined by an old fan favorite, an old friend, an old virgin, former virgin. It's Clayton Gumbert. Hi, Clayton. Hi, how are you doing, Erin? Welcome back. Yes, it's good to be back. It's crazy. It's crazy to be talking to you in this way again after like almost a full year, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I feel like it's almost been a year, right? Yeah. I think it would have been, yeah, it was like January last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we took a big holiday break that mm-hmm. became for me an indefinite break. <laughs> But clearly indefinite, because now you're back. I mean, for one time only, one night only. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. Uh, but back just all the same. We're thrilled to have you back. Or I'm thrilled to have you back. That's been the hardest thing since you left is I'm so used to saying we. And mm. it's just me, the podcast. So I'm always like, oh, yeah, we're so excited. And it's like, yeah, no, yeah. just me. I'm so excited. Oh. Well, I'm excited for you in Thank spirit. You. <laughs> Um, Sometimes I'll just get a tingle out of nowhere and I'll be like, oh, it must be Aaron excited about an episode. (laughs) And that you would be, too. Mm -hmm. How have you been this past year? Good. Really busy. I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. sort of because you're still, uh, you know, in the orbit. It's not like we don't ever see each other, although we do see each other way less than we normally did because of the podcast. But uh, good. I mean, busy doing stuff uh live in the life in new york city so you're here to talk specifically about a movie that you reached out to me to say i want to come on the show i want to talk about a movie yes because this movie i watched late night and uh was really liked it enjoyed it Mm -hmm. thoroughly and went online of course to see who's talking about this movie is there mm-hmm. any chatter about this movie? Because I'm a big lurker, as everybody knows. Like, I don't like to actually interact, but I do love to sort of read what other people are saying about it. And I wasn't satisfied. There was no satisfactory talk about this movie online. Yeah. So I was like, well, who could I talk to? Who would either have watched this movie or definitely watched this movie once I reached out to them? And I thought immediately of you. Mm-hmm. And so I text you and I say, hey, have you seen Love at First Sight on Netflix? And you said you hadn't. And I said, oh, well, I watched it and I loved it. And I'm thinking I should come on the podcast and talk about it. <laughs> and you said, let me check the schedule and see if we can fit you in. Yes, yes. And I was like, And I was like, fair, that's fair. And uh, but then you were like, no, I haven't seen it. I want to see it. And we eventually you had some stuff in the pipeline before this. Obviously, that had to get out first. And so now we're doing it. We're talking Love at First Sight on Netflix. Starring Haley Lou Richardson. And let me look up the dude's name. What is his name? It is Ben Ben Hardy. Yeah. Amazing. Well, I also think this was 
a movie that I think was a victim of the double strikes, but particularly the actor strike, because this is a movie that is so up my alley and something that Mm -hmm. I so would have wanted to see that I'm shocked it never like penetrated and got to me. But I think that's probably because none of the actors were able to do any press for it. So it just kind of came and went. And so it's so hard, you know, because it's like an adaptation. It's a rom-com. Um, you know, it's British, all these things that are like checking boxes for me. So I, so it's, yeah, it's kind of a bummer in that way. And I noticed too, because after I saw it, I also went to look for like reviews or what the chatter was. And there was like nothing. I know. So it's it's kind of a bummer. Yeah. Now, did you know about this book previous to this movie? Like when I said, Hey, you should watch this. And you saw it was an adaptation. Is this a book you had heard of before, being the expert that you are? No. So it's a YA book. Okay. It's called The Statistical Probability of Love at First Sight. Um, no. Mm. And I had it. And I think it came out in like 2012 or something like that. Like it came out a little while ago as well. Okay. Okay. Um, YA, not in either of our purviews, really. No. We kind of stay away from the YA stuff. Yeah, the characters are 20 and 22, the leads, which I have to admit, and this is this is one of those shocking things about aging, like the thumbnail for this on Netflix is Haley Lou Richardson dancing with Rob Delaney. And my thought was like, (laughs) oh, it's her and Rob Delaney. But no, in fact, he plays her father, which I am happy about because that feels more appropriate. But it's just my own thing that, like, I'm like, oh, the young guy, Rob Delaney. And it's not. <laughs> You're really showing your millennial age there. <laughs> We're thinking Rob Delaney's this, like, hot new talent. Exactly. I'm like, oh, he'll play the young guy, the young college student. <laughs> now no. he exclusively plays dads who are getting remarried. What else did he play, Dad? Who's getting remarried? Um, he no, he, I, I don't think it's just the remarried thing. But I've seen him in several no. movies as dads. Uh, but yes. that's great. I mean, listen, I, I think that's great that you have a guy who I think he's in his like mid forties, right? Mid to late forties, possibly. Yeah. And playing a dad. Go ahead and play dads. You don't have to be the. You don't have to be the sexy single guy. You could be the dad. Dads are cool. Dads are cool. And he he gives off such strong dad energy as, as well. I, mean, I guess he's I a think, dad in catastrophe. He's dad in real life. Yeah, yeah. I think that I think that's definitely oh 77. Yeah. So he's in his mid 40s. He's 46. Handsome guy, keeping the hair, you know, be a dad. <laughs> and that's what I liked. I mean, not to jump ahead, but I do think that the relationship between him and Haley or Hadley in this movie, as she is called and named is really sweet. Like, like you said, Mm -hmm. it's a believable uh, father daughter relationship, even though I think she is, she's 29 in real life. Mm -hmm. And uh, Ben, God, I'm going to always forget because his, because his name in the movie is, uh oliver oliver jones. oliver jones but ben hardy is i think early 30s maybe he's 32 he's 32 okay so uh do do we want to just say quickly what this movie's about 
Um, Clayton, what was this movie about? Oh, gosh. Okay. So this movie was about Hadley and Oliver who meet at an airport. They're both headed to England for different occasions. There's a miscommunication. She thinks he's going for a wedding and um, because he's got a suit. She's going for a wedding, which is her father getting remarried. Once they depart from the plane after a bunch of cute scenes, they miscommunication, her phone breaks, so she can't get his number. And she's thinking, I got to meet this guy. So shouldn't she figures out where he is, goes to where he is and figures out that he is not going to wedding, but he's going to a funeral, but it's not really a funeral. And then they have a fight split up and then they get back together and they lived, they get married and she dies first. I know. I thought we were going to save that, that to, to the end. That is I, such an upsetting note to leave this movie on. Yeah. I am baffled as to the choice. Because up to then, it's very sweet. It is. And it's statistically not the norm. With a, with a right. movie so focused on statistics... It's statistically the the man dies first. And this so at the end, they just go through like how many kisses they have or whatever. And then or or uh, something like that. And then how he held her hand for her last breath or something like that. And I was like, what? I was so sad no, because his mother is dying of cancer. And it's like uh, Hadley held. Oliver's hand as he watched his mother take her last breath, which I'm like, okay, upsetting, but also parents are supposed to die first. Like this is the yes. nature of things. And then, um, and then it's like, and then he held Hadley's as she took hers. And I was like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and that's, that's all terrible. I could think of. And then all I'm calculating is like, okay, well, she's 20. They were married for 58 years. You figure that she, they didn't get married that year. If they got if no. they waited like a, to graduate college to get married, like she would be in her mid eighties at that stage, which is like, okay. Yeah. Fine. It's not like she struck down, you know, in her thirties or something, but it's still such a dour thing. It's like, you know, and, and if you think about the rules of romance, you know, obviously all these romance, people die eventually but it's like i never ever want to hear about it i don't want to know no. who goes first it's such an upsetting to think of think about i guess it's a happily ever after it it is because they were together yeah. for the rest of their lives but it's like then what did he do did he was he like an 82 year old guy who was at you know at a one of those old folks facilities and spreading like uh stds <laughs> like did he then be like it now it's my time to really get freaky yeah i got married so young yeah i got married I so young it's so insane um but he, died of, he died of like syphilis when he was like 90 <laughs> i mean possibly we don't we don't know they should have died no, together. So they should have died together. Yes. They should have been holding each other's hands as they both took their last breath. And then we'd be like, wait, what happened? But also 
Good for them. Right. As the plane careened towards the ground, they held each other's hands. Yeah, if they died in a plane crash that's like full when they're 87. Yeah. Then that's fine. I'm I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Right. Potentially other innocent lives are lost, which is upsetting. And not to say their lives aren't innocent, but at least it's like, you know, literally a full circle moment. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Because we're not thinking meet- about who else. Maybe he became a pilot and they mm. were flying, you know, like they were flying over, you know, a body of water. Yes. There's important. no whales yeah. or dolphins in sight. And mm-hmm. something happens. They run out of gas. They hold hands. They say, well, if this is going to be it, this is it. I love you. Mm-hmm. I love you. Boom. Hit the water. That's Great. it. And then they feel no pain. They feel no pain. No, no, no. It all happened so quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. That's great. I'm happy. We should do this for all, like, anytime we ever speak again about a rom-com. How do they go? How do they um, go? I know. Did, like, <laughs> Sleepless in Seattle be, like, you know, if we found out that, like, Tom Hanks is, or Meg Ryan's character, like, died in his arms or something. Like, that's terrible. That would also be the second wife he loses. That's true. He has to. He has to die first. We can't have him go, that character going through this shit again. Yeah, Hanks dies first. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm happy we got out of the way early. By the way, okay. Top line thoughts about the movie. Sort of like what connected you to it? Um, you know when you saw it. Well, I really like her. I've seen her in several oh, yeah. things. Like I remember she was in Edge of Seventeen as the friend in that movie and she's like very small part and then she was in a movie called columbus with john cho that i really really loved it had like a really beautiful soundtrack and uh really gorgeously shot the same people who did that movie also did a movie last year called after yang which she was also in and i've always just oh and then she was in a movie that is definitely a movie that i think is slept on Especially because when it came out and what it's called, do you remember she was in a movie called Five Feet Apart? Oh, she was in a ro- romance. I never saw I guess, it. A romantic drama with uh, the, the 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 kid from one of the twins from the uh, Archie one show. The you know what's twins? his face? Yeah, one of the yeah. Sprouses. In 2019, this movie comes out and then it's called Five Feet Apart. And then, of course, 2020, we all know Six Feet Apart became the thing. (laughs) Uh, And so I do think it was kind of slept on. But I thought she was really great in that. There's something about her that she's just very um, emotive, but in a natural way. Uh, She's Mm -hmm. just, I think, very naturally likable and you root for her. And she's sort of like, and I know a lot of people are, I'm a huge fan of Kristen Stewart. And when I see Kristen Stewart in movies, I think she just does such a great job of doing so very little, but also conveying so much. And I think Haley Lou is like the same. And mm. um, so when I saw she was in this, so I was like, I got to watch this. And I think a lot of people know her from White Lotus, right? That's probably where you I loved her in White Lotus. That. Yeah. That's not really indicative of the characters she usually plays. Uh, but mm-hmm. I do think she was great in it. I mean, that whole cast was awesome. I mean, there's, you know, yeah. uh, uh, Mike White does not do bad when yeah. it comes to casting. Yeah. He only does great. 
So I do think that that really raised, you know, raised the people's knowledge of her. And that's why when this movie came and went, like you said, I think it is because she couldn't go out and she couldn't be on the talk shows and she couldn't mm -hmm. charm people the way she's capable of charming people. So that's what drew me to it. Then I also saw the co-lead was the guy who was in a movie called The Voyeurs. Did you watch that movie on Amazon? It's an erotic thriller no. starring Sydney Sydney Sweeney and him. And it's, there's not it enough is, erotic thrillers anymore. Bring him back from the nineties. The Voyeurs is such a awesome, crazy movie that mm -hmm. I would recommend people watch just for like the twists of it. But he is he is uh, he's in that movie and he plays a photographer that Sydney Sweeney and her boyfriend uh, start watching through their window, him doing like photo shoots and hooking up with the women. And mm -hmm. it's it, that it's just like kind of spirals from there. Uh, it's completely wacky. It's available on Amazon. I would say watch it. But he's a completely different character in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I like think it. he's extremely charming in this film. And he pulls off a character that I usually hate. So like listeners who have listened to episodes when I used to be on the show know that there's a certain specific type of character that I do not like in fiction, which is the awkward, fumbly, bumbly guy, you know, who I'm always saying the wrong things and blah, blah, blah. This character is pretty like focused on statistics and focused on probabilities and things. But the way he does it and the way it's done in this film, I think is pulled off because he doesn't mm -hmm. come off as obsessive in a way that that's his one character trait. It's just a part of him and a part of how he thinks about things. I mean, I find it to be like, you know, how um, uh, like I have Tourette's. That's something mm -hmm. that people who've listened to this podcast know. And that's not my defining quality, but it also is like, a part of what makes me think the way I do and sort of act the way I do, but you wouldn't be like, that's his one thing. He's that. And I think mm -hmm. that was what was appealing to, 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 to me about this character specifically is that he could still be charming, but also have this like quirk that you're not like, why would she be into this guy? I mean, we know why she's into this guy. He's a handsome guy. Yeah. But I will say, even more than him just being a handsome guy, which he is, they also have chemistry. And yeah. I think that is the thing that is lacking in kind of this rom-com, you know, these rom-coms that seem to be becoming popular again. There's not this focus put on like, are do these people have chemistry? To the point when I watched this with producer Pat, earlier or a few days ago at the end when they kiss for the first time he's like did they really hook up in real life and that's a question you should be asking yes. as you're watching a rom-com and i don't care like i don't if they did or they didn't like who knows but it's like i want to watch two people fall in love that i think like actually want to fuck each other and i think yes. that that is something that is not like, I don't know if people aren't doing chemistry tests anymore. I don't know what is happening, but people need to really get their asses in gear. Yes. Like they did when they casted this movie and they did this correctly mm -hmm. where it's, these two people just have chemistry. You want to see them together. 
And, you know, anytime that they're apart, you're like, well, why aren't they together? Is all you're thinking about. And I'm thinking specifically about a rom-com that's getting a lot of um, uh, ad space. And I feel like it's, you know, being shown. And the leads have zero chemistry. And they are two very attractive people. And that doesn't matter. I don't believe they want to be together. I think I know where you're going here. Are we are we talking about Glenn Powell and Sydney Sweeney? We are. And two people who I like a lot individually, two actors I like a lot individually. But like, I'm sorry, I don't believe that they want anything to do with each other in that movie. It's funny because the big rumors were that they were hanging out with each other and cheating on their respective, you know, significant others. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. And this is before I saw the teaser or this full trailer that just dropped. And I was like, I could see that. I mean, look, I mean, it's him and her. I mean, th- those two, mm-hmm. if if they don't want to have sex with each other, then what's wrong, right? Mm-hmm. But watching that trailer, okay, that trailer oh is God. terrible. Yes. The trailer looks like a Netflix movie. It and in the in the that's in a the pejorative way, in one of those cheapo, right. sort of bland, um mm-hmm. rip-off, knockoff Netflix romance rom-coms they try to shove down our throat, which is what Love at First Sight is not. Now listen, no, Love at no, First no. Sight is 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 by no means moonstruck. I'm not saying this is like a new classic or anything like that, but quality-wise. It just has something that the other ones don't have. And it's mm-hmm. soulful performances by everybody in it, right? Yes. This Glenn Powell, Sydney Sweeney movie looks like it's going to be focusing on Pratt Falls and them hating each other and being their most unlikable selves, which, uh, you know, enemies to lovers is one of those things that's really hard to do because they're mean to each other and Mm -hmm. they're jerks. So it's like very difficult to like root for them. And that's really hard to pull off because I do think Glenn Powell is charming, but he also can play an asshole. And I think he's more from what I'm seeing in the trailer, he's bordering too much on asshole. Yes. And so, who knows? Yeah. I mean, listen, maybe we'll have to get on mic for this one. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to oh, say anything. I will I be wanna... seeing it in theaters, obviously. So I am yeah. I part of the problem? Yes. I do think we should talk about it afterwards. But also, I think it has the two tropes that I think are the most overused and the dullest, which are fake dating and enemies to lovers, which is yeah. like, obviously, anything can be pulled off correctly, and I'll love it. But mm-hmm. It's just if if you don't understand the trope, just being like these people hate each other and then they look at each other one day and then they love each other. And it's like, yeah, that ain't fucking it. And I'm and I'm mm-hmm. tired of it, especially in contemporaries. It's awful. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's not this movie. I will say this movie is shot really beautifully. The style of it is is gorgeous because it's just a little bit of like an elevated like a heightened reality. Like everything is just like a Mm -hmm. little bit sillier, but not in a way that feels like cheap or not grounded. Like it still feels grounded. It just feels in a place where you're like, oh, I want to go in and live in this movie where kind of everybody is nice. Everything is gorgeous to look at. 
like mm-hmm. the wedding scene. I mean, all the actors are gorgeous. Like all of the costuming feels grounded and real, but also just like that little bit heightened. It's directed by Vanessa Coswell. Just to shout oh, her out. What else has she done? I feel like she did something else that people liked. Let me see. I'm sure. Um, but the other thing is, so I thought it was stylized, but not in a way um, that, oh, she did. Oh, okay. No, that's not the what I thought it was. Um, oh, it looks like she did the uh, Little Women miniseries. Uh, what is I thought for there is a um, 13, a TV miniseries, not the movie 13, which have you ever heard of that movie? Oh, yeah, of course. But no, she did. Yeah, yeah. That. Yeah, I was that like, was that's not ago. her. Yeah, yeah. That was like Catherine. Harper no, this right? 13. Have you ever have you watched this? This show 13? No, I don't watch a lot of TV. It is phenomenal. And it's basically really? about this girl who is kidnapped at 13. And then 13 years later, she turns back up to her oh, family wow. and has been like kept hostage, obviously, for 13 years. And it's about her kind of integrating back into life because obviously, like, things have changed in that amount of time. But then yeah. also, there's some questions about like, was she where she said she was and it's all a bit mysterious so it's it's really good um wow if okay you do, if you do want to touch down on 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 more from vanessa coswell but <clears throat> yeah obviously I, skilled director as you said yeah. very skilled and this was written by katie lovejoy who also wrote all to all the boys i love before okay so, a rom-com queen, must we say? I mean, I think that she's... These are two really well-done um, scripts. And I have to say, I'm only going after the script because I have I have not read the book and I don't really know yeah. anything about it. But I will say the, the framing of this movie with having Jamila Jamil play basically fate or like uh-huh. a narrator she shows up constantly but every time you see her you are like happy to see her in a different costume she plays like a million different characters like people yeah. that the main characters are interacting with and um she helps I- them get together yeah and i loved i thought that the script was fantastic i really loved it and also can we say the best part of this movie 91 minutes yes when you asked originally what drew me to this film, I would mm-hmm. say number one, Hey Lulu Richardson. Number yeah. two, the runtime, because <laughs> this was so short and sweet. Mm-hmm. It left me wanting more mm-hmm. in a way where I was like, I want to be left wanting more. So I don't want more. Like when I say I want to be left wanting more, that doesn't mean I want more. And I was upset that there wasn't more. I want to feel that way. I mm-hmm. want to feel like <clears throat> I enjoyed this and there's just a little bit, you know, like maybe I could have one more cookie, but I'm not going to because this one cookie is just enough. And I think the twist in this movie um, really did get me, even though I don't, I mean, they could have been maybe choreographed for other people. I tend to be able to shut my mind off when it comes to like, you know, uh, the fact that he wasn't really going to a wedding, you know, because you could kind of tell that he wasn't in that mood for it. Mm-hmm. But then when it turns out that it's like a living wake, 
I was shocked and and yeah. happy, but then also sad because he's sad and he kind of thinks it's a little bit like weird and he's having a hard time with it. And that he had to, and it wasn't a suit, it was dress up because they're <laughs> theater people and he had to dress like some uh, uh, like Shakespeare Macbeth? character. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, sh- some Shakespeare character, Macbeth, the most famous <laughs> one. Um, But what really I loved about this movie was the beginning. I think the strongest part of it is them meeting and being on this plane the how strong the first act is and i and it's not to say that the second and third act aren't strong cuz i think it it like it's very a consistent movie for sure but how strong the first is, act is and how much you believe that these people who have just met are in love with each other and need to be together yes. is phenomenal and that is yeah the actors are both so charming the script is so charming the directing is so charming it you just feel it so strongly and yeah Mm -hmm. like you said just being with the two of them as they're falling in love is so much like kick your heels giddy fun that you could let it last forever but like you said you need to be it's like after you have a wonderful meal and you're like i'm satisfied but then if you have like another two bites you're like now i feel gross and bloated yeah yeah. it's like (laughs) Yeah, yeah This movie leaves you like, oh, my God, that was an incredible meal. And I'm so satisfied. And if I have mm-hmm. two more bites, it's all over. So that's yeah, why yeah, yeah, yeah. the pacing of it is so good and moves so quickly. Because, yeah, Oliver yeah. ends up at his mother's living memorial, which I was obviously sad, did cry. But I loved it as a concept. I think it's such I, a I, beautiful yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. I am. Um... I loved the mom and the dad's relationship too. Cause you could tell like he was really sad. I mean, they, they were, you know, obviously the fact that they would organize this and do this and they met on, you know, doing these sort of plays and stuff and that he was doing this for his wife and his partner and like trying to put on a brave face, you know, uh, it, th- there was just so much going on there without it having to be really stated as much. I mean, they do state mm-hmm. the situation and obviously, but it's like the thing about these roles is that they've just felt lived in. Like they didn't feel like even his brother who's this wants yeah. to be a DJ, which is a, such a British, like it's such a British rom-com side character to have, right. With like the yeah. raver person or whatever. Even he was like, a little bit more real of a person than most of these movies make them. Right. And where you can see the way that children always try to rebel from their parents, Mm -hmm. uh, the way that Oliver goes so hard into math and statistics, which is probably something that feels very foreign to his parents. And then the way that his brother Luther tries to be, you know, is so much sillier, but wants to be this kind of outlandish DJ, which is like pretty far from a Shakespearean actor. I think Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's believable also that these two parents would create these two children, you know? Yes. Yeah. Like you said, that's what makes it feels lived in. The mother uh, is played by Sally Phillips, who um, I know her from Bridget Jones's diary. And I always love her whenever she shows up. She's so good. And the father is Dexter Fletcher. Um, but I, yeah, it was such a beautiful thing. And it, like you said, it was so unexpected to have him be going to basically like a living wake or a living memorial that mm-hmm. 
yeah, I thought it was so, it was so gorgeous. And I think people should start doing that too. Cause why wait yeah. for somebody to be dead to say nice things about them? Absolutely. I mean, and, and that's the thing. And, and when they meet up, when, you know, when she shows up, she leaves her father's wedding, comes to this and shows up. I was like, you know, and it was like, what, 40 minutes in the movie. So I knew it wasn't going to be over, but I was like, that's it. They're, in, they're together. This is going to be amazing. This is perfect. And of course, as we know, there had to be complications where mm -hmm. it was basically the complication of you don't know me. Like, yeah, uh, we had a romance. Like, we definitely fell into love, obviously. But if you're coming here and you're telling, you know, you're trying to help me with this situation with my mom like it's so complicated it's very hard for me to open up to you because you're basically a stranger i was like you know part of me was like who cares shut up that's dumb but in <laughs> true but truthfully like truthfully for that character that makes sense that it's mm -hmm. like he has this switch in his brain he was like I, I just we don't know each other like this is sort of weird and it is sort of weird and so I'm, of course, bummed when, you know, she leaves and then she, you know, leaves her bag. So she can't, you know, she has to like uh, trade in her shoes for other shoes and all this stuff. But like when her dad shows up and they have their conversation and like I also really believed Hadley's problem she had with her dad, you know, divorcing her mom and getting remarried, because that is something that is like I had this comfortable life. And what you and mom were up to was like, I didn't even really think about it. And then all mm -hmm. of a sudden it's not working and it's hard not to be angry because that upheaval is huge for a kid. And so like everything just felt really real because, you know, the the woman he's going to marry was not a like a horrible person. She was trying no. her best, but she also wasn't being like, why don't you like me? Why don't you like me? She knew the situation is a hard situation and played it, I think really well. And so that's, what's different from these sort of movies that try to be super over the top with characters, right? Where this, this woman's a harpy and this guy's a scumbag. And this guy's like a total dork. It's like, there was nuances to all these characters in a way that you don't see in a lot of these movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everybody felt very three dimensional and you know, Everybody was also like nice. Everybody was doing their best. There was no mm -hmm. villain. And I think, yeah, it would have been so easy to make Charlotte, the woman that um, her father is marrying, into somebody who is just like awful. And she's mm -hmm. not. And no. and I also like that they made Hadley like kind of a brat. Like, I mm -hmm. like that she is somebody who is, she's 20, so she's a kid. And she's, like, pretty selfish because it's, like, really, you leave your father's wedding to, yeah. to go find a guy? Like, that's crazy. That's, like, he would have reason to, like, really dress you down because that's an incredibly rude thing to do. And yeah. also that she f is flying into the wedding day of. Where mm -hmm. she, he was like, I didn't think you were going to be able to make it. And it's like, what did you have going on that your father's wedding, you couldn't come in like a day or two before? Yes. And then she's talking about how she's leaving the next day. I mean, ultimately, she says she's going to miss the plane. But, um, 
you know, that she would just be like, well, I'm coming in only for the day. Like to fly to London yes. for the day from New York is kind of crazy. But um, yeah. And it's an yeah. obvious message. It's an obvious bratty move. Like you said, that is a yeah. bratty ass move to be like, I'll give you one day and I'll show mm-hmm. up an hour before and then I'm mm-hmm. out of there. And that was even before she runs a- away to to see uh, the guy. Right. And she shows up and she's like, oh, this dress is ugly. This yeah. madness. It's like, OK, girl, y- you weren't here yeah. for it. So what do you want? Mm-hmm. And also, I, don't, I thought it was cute. I liked the the style of the wedding and everything being read. I thought it was very sweet. Um, yeah. And I the Rob Delaney's character, I thought, was really lovely, too. And how, like, open and understanding he was with his daughter from the beginning and how he was kind mm-hmm. of like you know, it had been over for us for a while and, you know, between him and his first wife. I Um, do also love that her rebellion was to not read the book he gave her to read, which is something that they used to do together because he's a, he's an English teacher, right? Like Mm -hmm. not just an English, but he, you know, he teaches, you know, the classics or whatever books. And he would always give her books to read and she didn't read this one. And that's her like super bratty move is like my dad gave me a book and I'm not going to read it. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. That's like it's pretty that, tame. That's yeah. Yeah. That's such a tame thing. Um, but yeah, the, the, they are all, the people are all good hearted in this movie. They just make selfish decisions sometimes, which mm-hmm. is what human beings do. And they can always be people can be confused with being evil when they're being selfish. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's so easy to be like, this person's a piece of shit. And it's like, well, maybe they're just being selfish. Um, and that's not to say there isn't piece of shit behavior because there absolutely is. But, you know, it's very easy to just be like, that person's awful because they're being selfish when it's like, you know, I don't think she's an awful person. And I don't think that the dad's an awful person for getting divorced. You know, it's like they're just people trying to figure it out. No, I don't think that she's a bad person, but I think it sometimes it's it's like I think sometimes in lesser rom-coms the idea is like, well, we have this heroine and she she has to be perfect, but we'll make her clumsy and that'll be her problem mm-hmm. that she's always like falling. Um yeah. and I liked that this they were like, well, yeah, she's not perfect, she's kind of self-centered and a mess because it's like, girl, you are on a plane for for seven hours and you couldn't charge your phone once like (laughs) you know what i mean it's like that was going to be a problem for when you landed and it also shows kind of why she and oliver are such a perfect couple because it's like yeah she's gonna ground he's gonna ground her and then she's gonna kind of like loosen him up a little bit and you can Mm -hmm. see where they'll meet in the middle and it'll be a really solid relationship um It was also, it made me miss London because it was also shot like very beautifully in London. I did like that she got lost and ended up in the most charming, tiniest street fair in the world. (laughs) And she was like, I couldn't possibly find my way home. And it's like, I'm like, girl, none of these people could tell you where Spitafields is. Like, I think somebody would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I bought into it, though, because I, you know, you know, the cons, the conceit would have to be that. Yeah, Um, that's one of those things, man. And you write. You write scripts and I write scripts. It's like those fucking phones. You got to get rid of the phones because nothing fun happens when all the characters have their phones. And when they just text each other. 
Yeah, they just text each other or they'll just be on TikTok. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you know, most mm -hmm. movies, people would just be watching TikToks if they had their phones, like thrillers. It doesn't oh, yeah. matter. You kidnapped. I got my phone. I guess I'll call the cops. But first, I got to check out TikTok for a little bit. <laughs> so let's see what's trending. Calm myself down. Yeah, I got to see what's trending. Is my kidnapping trending? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, story time, I'm kidnapped. I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but. Yeah, no, obviously she had to not have her cell phone in order for like everything else to work. So like I understand her having her cell phone would be better, but I think it ends up being a character trait, you know, that I think is yes. in that way yeah. it's well integrated into the plot instead of just being like, uh, how are we going to get this girl without her cell phone? And I think that's um, the strength of her as an actor in that, you know, going back to the White Lotus character she played. I mean, if that's played by anybody else that's a terrible character that you would not have any sympathy for whatsoever you know what i mean yeah oh, and yeah. i think i think that's her unique charm is that she could make this character very charming while doing selfish bratty things uh you know that's that's really hard to pull off mm-hmm yeah definitely yeah all in all like a really fantastic movie i loved it yeah, I would say if you haven't, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, thank you, number one. And mm -hmm. uh, number two, if you haven't seen this movie, throw it on. It is just really enjoyable. It's again, like I said, it's not I wouldn't put it in the all time, you know, rom com tier of like greatness. But for what's coming out now and uh just something that you could watch for an hour and a half and really enjoy yourself and laugh and cry and be charmed. We love it for sight. That's the way to do it. I will say uh, of the kind of rom-com revival that I hope is happening, this is like a bright spot. Like they mm -hmm. get it. And I feel yeah. like, you know, I mean, yeah. the thing that started it was, um, you know, all these rom-coms on Netflix was the one with Zoe Deutsch in it. What was that one? I, I set it up, remember. set it up, which Glenn Powell, there we go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, they were great in that and they had chemistry in that. Like you believed yes. the two of them together. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that I like this better than that, just because of, you know, the fact that it's in London, the fact that it is a, an act, an actor that I enjoy more. Uh, although I do like Joey mm -hmm. Deutsch, I do in, in, enjoy Haley uh, better just because they do different things. Like it's apples and oranges yeah. sort of thing. Like Zoe Deutsch seems to me like she would be the heir apparent to a like Sandra Bullock in the sense mm -hmm. of, she, you know, I love Sandra Bullock, but she doesn't play like deep emotions. She's a movie star, you know, like she is movie star. You know, she does movie star stuff. And I think someone like Haley's more of like an actor, actor, really playing the realness of it, you know? And so, yeah, but in between all these sort of, you know, these two movies, it's just been so much just like crap, like really bad stuff. And, you know, I think it it really does like everything. It, it lessens people's appreciation of a genre because when they see so much trash in it, they will not even give a chance to something that could possibly be good.
Right. And I think it's the old thing, too, of like, well, we know they're going to end up together in the end or something. Like, what's the point? Even though, like, so many genre films, you know what's happening at the end. Like, at the end of a superhero movie, the superhero saves the day. At the end of a mystery, they solve the mystery, you know. But um, for some reason, rom-coms are always judged by kind of the worst of them Mm -hmm. for being overly cheesy and you know, and not for the best, which I think is what is, can be a bummer, but is what is exciting about movies like this that I think do elevate it. And Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a bummer that this came out during the strike because I think it could have been, had a bigger impact than it did. And I hope people will start finding it over time, you know? Yes. Yes. And hopefully this episode will be for people who are doing what we did, which was watch this movie and be like, Nobody's talking about this. Why isn't anybody talking about this movie? Oh, these two bozos are talking about it. Maybe I'll give them a shot. There you well, go. Well, one bozo and like our one most bozo listened to episode, but like our most listened to episode, which what is that movie even called? Where sh- it's the last Christmas. <laughs> Which I'm convinced the only reason people ever listen to that episode because they're like, I did this movie exist? Did other people see it? Or was it a fever dream? Yes, that absolutely. That is wait, they're like they're like, Paul Feig directed this? Wait, what is this movie? <laughs> yes, I do think we are they only click on our podcast to be like, oh yeah, I didn't Mandela affect this movie into being. Right. I need to discuss but, it. I need someone else to have seen this. But I don't we've mentioned this before that that is our biggest uh, downloads for any episode that we've ever mm-hmm. done by. A and lot. it is by a lot like <laughs> thou- like tens of thousands. <laughs> basically, <laughs> it is insane when you look at that number of how many people have listened and people listen to it around christmas i bet you it's got a big bump right now i bet you probably it's one of the most downloaded episodes of this month and next month it'll Mm -hmm. be like an insane bump and it's the last christmas episode there's people watching that movie every year just looking for stuff to watch so it's got christmas in the title so that's good yeah just looking for someone to uh, for that to have been real for somebody (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. So insane. Um, yeah, but this one, yes. Everybody watch Love at First Sight. Everybody interact with rom-coms and kind of the movies that you want to see. Get the algorithm mm-hmm. up. And hopefully after the strike, um, everybody who worked on this will get some sort of a bump from people watching it. Yeah. Hopefully. It has to reach a certain threshold for people to start getting paid on the back end. But let's make that happen. Yeah, let's get them their back end. Let's get them their cash. Um, amazing. Any last thoughts about Love at First Sight? No, I just really liked it. It, it I mean, it made yeah. it, it got me so excited that I was like, I got to talk about it. So that rarely happens when it comes to mm-hmm. those types of movies. It's also that movie that I always am looking for whenever like Pat's gone and I'm home alone and I'm like ordering dinner and I'm like, I just want to watch this movie basically. <laughs> Yes. You know? I mean, that's that's the demo that this movie should aim for is people whose partner is out. They want, you know, they they ordered food, like you said, which is the best. You're just ordering yeah. for one. So it's like I'll, I can eat whatever I, I want to eat. And then you just want 
an hour and a half to zone out, eat your hamburger, your burrito, your pad thai, whatever it is. And just enjoy yourself. Be under a blanket. Yeah. You know, got to be cozy, light some light some candles around the room to create the perfect glow. Yeah. There you go. That's what this movie's perfect for. Yes. And we need more. We need more for the demographic. Criminally underlooked. Mm-hmm. Because it's there. Yeah, it's there. Um, Clayton, what has you swooning this week? Or this year? Oh, I guess since we haven't talked year. in so long. It could be from this anything. Uh, so you know what? This is something that I was actually... Um, there's a show that's being rebroadcast on Paramount Plus called Colin from Accounts. Have you heard of this this no. show? And famously, you don't watch of, television. I don't, but so it's sort of a rom-com premise. Oh. And it's an Australian show, originally done in Australia, and uh, being rebroadcast for us Americans. And it's about this guy who is driving his car and this younger woman who is walking across the street and he like stops, he like almost hits her and there's like this, like, you know, misunderstanding, whatever. And she walks across when he stopped. And for whatever reason, she like flashes him and he gets so sort of confused that he hits this dog. And so, (laughs) so he's like, Oh my God, I hit a dog. And so they kind of are brought together by this dog being hit. And so they take it to the vet. It's going to cost like $12,000 to like keep this dog alive. And, uh, it just sets up this like interaction between these two characters and like how they bump off each other. And it's, it's fun. I mean, I, I liked it. I, I, you know, I'm not a big TV person, as you said, but I, I watched it. Uh, I watched like the first two episodes and got really into it. And there's sort of like a, you know, it's a little bit of like that cringe humor, you know, cringy humor, but also there are dramatic parts to it. So I enjoyed it. And the dog is really cute. It's got it's it's uh has it's on wheels. So it has to like, you know, it's back legs are on wheels. So um, they don't really like overuse the dog. But once in a while, they're like show the dog and you'll just be like, oh, that's such, you know, it's so cute, you know, and you can see why they want to like take care of this dog. And it's sort of bringing them together. But uh, it's a rom com premise. So I, I, I would say maybe check it out. Definitely. That sounds great. Yeah, I haven't heard of it. I need to check it out. And there's four episodes available now. And uh, I think there's eight episodes in total and they're dropping them two at a time. So by this Thursday, six episodes should be out. And then, well, I guess, no, we don't know when this is running. Maybe they're all there when you're listening (laughs) to this. And if if you're in Australia or the UK, you've already seen this. This is old news for you. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, Aaron, what has you swooning? Thanks for asking. Um, I read a book that was a non-romance, so it was a departure for me. And it was it's called Bright Young Women. It's by Jessica Knoll. And it is about it's a fictionalized retelling of the Chai Omega sorority, um, where famously Ted Bundy murdered two women and assaulted two others. And it's told entirely and exclusively from the point of view of the women who survived. Um, 
And I thought it was an absolutely gorgeous reframing of that, uh, the typical true crime genre, which I think would focus on the murderer and he's never meant he he's never um mentioned by name in the book ever he's he's irrelevant in a way that i think is really important um and it shows kind of what the fallout can be from this kind of things and and what the tragedy really is and that a lot of victims and especially victims of serial killers tend to be um, reduced to just kind of like a name and one photo and you don't really think about like who they were and what their lives were up until that moment and uh, I, I thought it was just a gorgeous book and I thought it was something very important for anybody who has ever kind of interacted with the true crime genre to mm-hmm. to read because to kind of have that reframing. Um, and I'll say it's not a particularly like gruesome book. Obviously, the crimes are explained, but they, it, it's not dwelled upon at all. Um, so I'd say even if you're like uh, a little bit queer, about stuff like that, I would still say it's 100% worth reading. Um, and it's just a really powerful novel. And uh, yeah, and I really enjoyed it. So if you are at all interested, yeah, Bright Young Women by Jessica Knoll. Oh, great. Awesome. Yeah. How do we end this? It's so strange because I feel like we've normally we end it together. Or we just talk about, yeah, we just, uh, well, um, do you, can can I do some plugs? Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, of course. Plug some stuff, Clayton. How can people no, find okay. you? Well, I'm not on social media in any way. Um, other than through the Bo Boys, which mm-hmm. we have a lot of social media run by our <laughs> intern, one Bo senior intern Christopher, because we do have a junior intern mm-hmm. Jack, who does uh, research yeah. for us. And so B.O. Boys, twice a week, we're on YouTube, lots of extra web-exclusive stuff over there. As you know, Aaron, we do so much B.O. Boys. It is taking over our lives. <laughs> it's in, most in a of my way. life. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. You are. You have been sucked into the orbit. Uh, mm-hmm. At some point, it will be a five-day-a-week uh, venture. It's, it's happening. It's happening. Yeah, yeah. And so B.O. Boys... You can hear me on that. Um, I also edit and help produce now a podcast called Taste, uh, Mm -hmm. which is a great podcast that comes out three times a week. It is about food, uh, something that I didn't know that much about until I started editing this podcast. And now I'm so much more uh, just just I'm so much more informed about the the just world of food cooking groceries all that stuff great hosts over there matt and eliza are doing really awesome stuff and then i guess i'll just plug uh the first season of of criminal types which is also a podcast that i edit and it's a Mm -hmm. really awesome podcast if you're into true crime and it's um uh Really good, and it should be coming back for a second season at some point, uh, hopefully, because people really, really liked it. Well, Criminal Types, it's um, it's about, like, mystery novels, yeah, right? So it's, yeah, it wouldn't yeah. be true. Is it true? It wouldn't you do be true, true crime or... No, no, it's 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 okay. fiction, it's novels and stuff, but, like, I do think people do crime fans. Um, 
I know the host herself. She's a, mm-hmm. a fan of all that stuff. So I do think if you like true crime and crime novels, you will like criminal types. Yes. Wow. You have been busy. I know. I'm so busy. But not too busy to go to Thanksgiving at your parents' mm-hmm. house, which is what's happening coming up this week. Tomorrow. As yeah. we record this, it's happening tomorrow. I think this episode will probably go out uh, December 20th or something, in which case we will be about to be joined for Christmas. Yes, we'll be together for Christmas. So it's yeah. So yeah, yeah obviously we're family. It's great. In the ranking of my parents' love for their children, it goes my brother, Clayton, Pat, me. We've established. Wow. Pat has moved up the ranks. I'm always last. Okay. No, Pat was always ahead of me. Oh, really? Okay. Well, I would reshuffle. I would reshuffle that. Um, Thank you. Yeah. My parents wouldn't. Um, (laughs) But I think (laughs) um, this is something we've said to my parents and they haven't disagreed. (laughs) They've just laughed and looked the other way. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's one of those things where you're totally fishing for like, can you can you re-rank this? And they're just like, Mm -hmm. uh oh, Oh yeah. That's There's funny. no point in fishing with my parents. It's an empty pond. It's not nothing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um with and yeah. with that, I'm so excited to see them. I have snacks oh. for them, which is <laughs> which you helped me pick out, which is good. Yes. Oh, they're gonna love that. They're gonna love the snacks. They love seeing you. I loved having you back on the podcast. Obviously, like I yes. said, your door so fun. the door is always open to you. If you ever want to come back, if you want to come back to talk about that. Ever that Sydney Sweeney Glenn Powell monstrosity ends up being anything yeah. else. Obviously, we're always here for you. Um, yeah. And yeah, to our listeners, you could always email us at learning the tropes podcast at gmail.com. You can join our Patreon where the uh, there will be a video of this up. If you want to watch us talk, you can do it there. Um, our socials, we are on Instagram at learning the tropes. And yeah, and until next time, happy watching and reading. Happy watching and reading. All right. Bye, guys.